The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Official Official, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, John Junta. We're here with a special guest, a guy that's a double-A all-star, 276 ERA two years ago in double-A. It's my pleasure to welcome Nolan Long to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. How are we, brother? How are we doing? I'm hanging in there, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, honestly, it, it was. I, we had to get you on, and Mike obviously talked highly about you, front of the show now, Mike. Uh, you guys call him Oil, but I got to bring it up here. I mean, let's go into that nickname, the Oil Man. Why hasn't he embraced it? Why doesn't the people in the Phillies organization call him that? Because that is absolutely electric. Dude, it's a sick nickname. I mean, he's just kind of a, like a low-key guy. I don't know. I mean, you could just see – I mean, you know his story. He just kind of stormed onto the scene of professional baseball, and, I mean, his story is pretty unreal, but, like, he doesn't really talk about it much. And I mean, whoever calls him Oil calls him Oil, but, I mean, like, you – worded it perfectly it's a sick nickname that i feel like philly fans just need to just grasp because i mean when he explained it to me i went to i met him at wagner and uh everyone was just calling him oil and i was like yo why like why is his nickname oil and i mean just the explanation you had too many mics and the family business is oil and you just call him oil so yeah when he said that in my mind i'm like okay so this guy's rich as fuck like i respectfully said that in my mind i was like all right mike so you got that money going down there but I got to because obviously there's going to be a movie made about him someday. A guy that was legit coaching baseball, went to a workout and was throwing 98. So I got to ask you, I mean, are you close enough to him where you would have a role in that movie? Like, will you be casted like a background character? What's the deal with that? Uh, dude, I don't know. I, I hope so. I mean, not that I give a shit or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it would be kind of cool. I mean, I, I moved in with him. Last offseason, like the COVID year, I mean, it was just a mess. Like all like guys in uh, the minor leagues who just didn't have a place to play. I went and lived with him at his place in Jersey. And I mean, that was when he like really kind of was like doing his thing. And I watched him throw in front of a couple scouts and absolutely electricity coming out of his arm. And just like kind of these jaws on the floor of these scouts. I'm like, dude, like and I was literally telling him, I was like, you're just scratching the surface right now. You're about to have a wild ride, and it's sure enough he did. And when he lit it up at that pro day, within a couple hours he was signed. He he called me right away, and I was like, dude, I told you. I was like, you're just getting started right now. So we didn't go. I mean, with him, I didn't really go in depth 
about that pro day. I'm assuming you probably heard stories about it and all that kind of stuff. Was it to the point where it's like, I, how can I like picture this? Was it to the point where it was like, there's just a shit ton of scouts with radar guns, like doing that second check look at the gun after he throws a pitch? Like what, what, what was it kind of like? Well, I wasn't there, but you got to think he's got a pro day. He's got his own facility with all his high school dudes, his college dudes trying to get exposed in front of these pro scouts. So like his main concern are his dudes underneath him. He's like, I'm going there. Whatever happens, happens with me. But like, I got to make sure my guys are in check. They look good. They, so like, he's not even really thinking about himself first. Like he's just kind of making sure his young dudes look good for the pro scouts. And then next thing you know, he's on the mound at sitting 98. And then he gets a standing ovation from everybody who's there. <laughs> Dude. I, he gets a he got it he got a standing of a the guy who literally goes to those pro days because he's been to those pro days before but he's been you know standing behind his boys like kind of like yo this is what we're gonna do kind of thing breaking it down like hyping them up if they need it and then so these guys who have been there like see him but now he's throwing and like I said throwing absolute jets and just hitting all of his spots I guess. And then he said he got he goes when he walked off the mat he got a standing ovation. I was like, <laughs> I have never I've never heard that before. And the next thing you know, he signs a professional contract a couple hours later. That I need some sort of I will pay for the security cam footage of this guy at a pro day, a coach stepping off the mound to a standing up. Like, do you think he tipped his cap or what was the deal with that? Like, or was yeah, he just I eating mean, it? Like, like, I mean, just the whole like just kind of his personality with the whole oil nickname that he doesn't embrace. He's just like. They got video of it. If you ask them, there's video of it somewhere of him throwing it, and it went viral. I mean, it was on TikTok. It was on Instagram. It was everywhere. Just this coach, literally, I don't think he threw a pitch below 97.5, and it was like <laughs> 97.5 to like 98.4 or something ridiculous like that. And what my thing is with me, I don't know I don't know if you listened to the full podcast last week, but he um, – he said he didn't know he was throwing 97, 98. How the fuck? How? Okay. Maybe he's being the humble guy, but how the hell do you not know when you're throwing 97, 98? Okay. As a, as a thrower, I totally believe that because there are days where I'm like, yo, I feel, I feel great. Right. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. You can like, fuck shit, bitch, whatever. You can say whatever you want, man. <laughs> no, there are days where I'm on the mound. I'm like, yo, I feel fucking great. Like I'm throwing hard. I come back and they're like, nah, dude, you were fucking, you were not throwing hard. And then there are days I feel like shit, like maybe didn't sleep well or whatever the case may be. And I'm out there. I'm like, yo, I, I just didn't have it today. And they're like, yo, you were actually pumping it today. So it's like, there's just that, that mental, there's just some disconnect between your, your dome and like your arm, I guess. That's just, so I, I totally believe that. Cause I mean, he, th he throws hard, but like, I mean, 97, five to 98, four in a bullpen in sneakers on a turf mound. I mean, come on. That's just like that's ludicrous. I the thing is, and obviously I'm a big I, I'm a big baseball watcher. What I'm not looking forward to is every single time I watch him on the mound now when he's in the show or whenever he gets up there, they're gonna bring the story up. It's gonna be mm -hmm. like it's gonna be like the Matthew Stafford Clayton Kershaw thing where they have to mention every single time they're on TV that they're best friends. I'm gonna be listening to the reiterations of the story on the Phillies broadcast every single time I watch Mike Adams pitch. And I'll be like, listen, I was riding with this dude before he was in the show. It's gonna be a little bit of aggravating, but that's gonna be mentioned. Maybe we'll do a drinking game. Every single time they talk about it, you have to have a drink. Cause it's gonna I'm be telling you, that's a good drinking game because rightfully so he deserves that story to be told a million times. Yeah. <laughs> He really does. He's he's a freak, man. I, I mean, 
I see Philly's fans are literally stroking him off on Twitter. Like they, I mean, they might not start a riot in Philadelphia to get this guy up in the show. They need to get him up there. I mean, come on. <laughs> and that bullpen is so sorry. I mean, it's like, and I say it all the time, the Phillies bullpen, they, you know how much money that team, I'm a degenerate gambler. That bullpen has lost me so much goddamn money. It's like, he's so good. He has like a, he skipped three levels in the minors. He's in triple a right now. He was an indie ball. Like what? Two, three years ago, playing men's league two, three years ago. And now he has like a 2-7 ERA in AAA. People don't realize how absurd that is. It's like, yeah, you got to tip your cap though, man. I mean, he's so what What was it like at Wagner? Was he throwing that hard at Wagner too? Dude, he was like, he was the, the fast twitch, like, because he went to Wagner as a shortstop. And he, uh, oh my dude, God. I mean, the story keeps getting longer. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, uh, you know, so he went to Wagner as a shortstop. I was a year behind him. Um, like we're the same age, but like, uh, grade wise, I did a, a extra year. Cause I mean, I did an extra a post grade year of high school, but when I got to Wagner, when I was a freshman, he was a sophomore. And I mean, obviously as a, as a thrower, like your, your ego kind of takes over. Like, all right, I got to assess the situation. Who's the hardest thrower here. I was like, all right, this, this little skinny guy right here throws pretty hard. But like at the time, like hard was like, 92 93 touch of four maybe a five so i was like okay this kid and then like when he he was a starter i mean he kind of bounced around from the pen and whatnot but like i'd watch him throw and he's like just like his arm moves so fast and like everything so like obviously he draws attention like as a thrower you appreciate that you 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 watch him but like no he wasn't doing what he's doing right now because i mean after wagner after indie ball whatever what what the career path he took was literally just to study hard throwers study pitchers study the human body on like the most efficient like patterns your body can move in to like produce this force and like honestly he produced a 100 mile an hour fastball on accident like literally he was like he was <laughs> he was he never threw, yo, I'm telling you, after indie ball, he never threw a pen for himself. He never threw weighted balls for himself. He never played catch for himself. He was literally showing these, these high school kids, these middle school kids who are now, you know, in college and, and pro ball right now, how to throw That's with correct with the correct movements. And then literally it's like, and like the the men's league game, I don't know if he told you the men's league game. So I could talk about Mike Adams all day. I don't know. No, well, yeah, the men's league. He said he was throwing ninety eight, and he didn't have any idea. His buddy came to the field and radar. Yes, him. yes. He's like, dude. They're like, yeah, you were uh, you were like ninety four, ninety seven. He's like, I was just trying to throw strikes. I had no idea. <laughs> that kid's such a freak, and we, man. And we and we and we still give him shit because he still wasn't punching guys out as much. And uh, I mean, he's punching guys out more now, but he was still he was throwing hard, but he wasn't punching guys out in men's league. So. Yeah, you were throwing 98, but, you know, we got to keep him grounded a little bit. We chirp him like, oh, yeah, you couldn't strike out the, the father of four. Who's <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that, too. I mean, I, I didn't bring up his stats. But another thing that's crazy about you is that I, I didn't realize is you could legit suit up right now and play lineman in the NFL. I mean, you're 6'10", 255. Is that correct? I'm actually probably closer towards, like, 265, 270 right now. Okay, but, so you're bulked I mean, up a little bit. Um, because like right now I just had I just had TJ in June, and um, so like right now I'm kind of like the the toughest part about coming back from that is um having that that tight leash where you can't actually lift, you can't like do running, you can't do these. But now like my leash is uh, loosened up a little bit, so I'm I'm starting to throw weight around now, and I'm feeling really good. So I mean, 
maybe I don't know. I never played football. I'm not a big football guy. Sorry to upset you. If it's if all right, no, all right, no, I respect that. But I wanted to go into your high school too because out of high school you get drafted by the Giants. You pretty much tell them, "Hell no, I'm not going there." You go to school. How hard was it for you to turn down like a pro contract out of high school or even signed to like a pro team? Well, it was like. I, I look at kids who sign now and unless unless you know you're ready for it, like signing out of high school is just dude, I was I was a public school kid. If I were to go into a professional environment, like the environment that I started like after Wagner, I yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm kind of glad I went to college because I I also played uh college basketball. So I did that post grad year at yeah. South Kent School to play basketball because I mean it's it's uh, two sport athletes kind of run in my family. My uncle played both at UConn. My dad played both at URI. So I was like that, that year, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of attention on me just being like a taller guy who threw pretty hard in high school. And, um, but like, I was also pretty good at basketball. And, uh, so like all these scouts were looking at me for basketball or like the interest that kind of lingered for basketball was like, Oh, he's a baseball player, whatever. Like, and I, that's like exactly kind of what I didn't want. And being so young, I had no idea like what I was doing. So it was just kind of like, then just like my senior year, I uh, had my best season of basketball. I remember thinking to myself, I definitely can play college basketball. 100%. I could definitely play both. I knew I could play college baseball, had my best year, my senior year. Then like I had a good senior year of baseball. I remember uh, being, I committed to university of Rhode Island uh, the end of my junior year just for baseball. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to go to URI, play baseball. But then I had that year on the court and I was like, prep school was always an option. And I was just kind of like that one, like I, I knew a lot of guys who did that one year post-grad year, just to kind of like finally be like the older guy in the class, just kind of like, like my whole team is, I would say out of the 12 guys on that squad, eight guys played division one basketball Holy seven shit. guys played so it's like I, I was playing division one basketball like in high school we were playing against i played against noah vonley who's in the league i played against oh god i could name drop a few more guys but anyway so it's like good exposure for like who so like and that was the case like get, doing that year i remember being like telling uh coaches at uri look man i like thank you for the opportunity but like Right now, I just kind of want to do a post-grad year because I want to play basketball as well. Because also, everybody on that in uh, gets a full ride for a basketball scholarship, so that makes it easier on you know my family, yeah. myself financially. So it's just kind of like basketball pays the bills and it comes right after. So like you just I, you just play baseball afterwards as soon as like the season's over with. But um, yeah, so that came up. I had a good year at South Ken, and I remember just like every. Um, open gym that they would run the college scout the college basketball scouts that would come the first thing i'd say is like look like thank you but like this is my situation like i'm i'm gonna be a baseball player as well like i, I basketball is gonna pay the bills but like i also got to be in contact with your baseball coach and you know wagner was like a, a great fit it was just like like the basketball coaching staff and then like they passed the phone number along to the baseball coach jim Caron. i was in contact with him and you know, I was a free baseball player to them because I was on a basketball scholarship. So, holy shit! So you, so you got the opportunity to do both. I mean, and Amir talks about. We had Amir Garrett on the show, friend of the pod, and he did both. 
at St. John's, or he didn't. He technically, he, he, he technically he, didn't do both. Yeah, he, technically, he didn't do both. But yeah. I mean, dude, Amir Garrett and Pat Connaughton were guys who I was like, I, I want to do this. Like those two guys. Yeah. Pat Connaughton played both. Amir Garrett. He did. Um, Amir didn't play both because Amir, what he just went there, then signed out of high school, but played basketball. Signed out of high school, but yeah. then did the did the yeah the year. No, it's and that was exactly it because I remember that was, I remember that was an option out of high school. I was like. I remember getting the call from the Pirates on like the third day. I would have been like a late, a late rounder. I don't, they didn't even, they were, like it was before they started calling the names off, I guess. And then they were like, look, if you sign, like, we'll let you, we'll let you go back to school. We'll let you go to school and play basketball. If you, if you, like, yeah. if we take you in this round. And I remember just kind of being like, at this point, I was like, you know, I'm going to prep school. Like, I like this option because after prep school, I'd be eligible for the, uh, the draft again the next year so i was like okay but i mean like that wasn't the that wasn't on the front of my mind so it, it was just kind of like uh like this is what i want to do like i want to like see how far you know basketball can take me and you know luckily it took me you know decently far and then i kind of i kind of knew where my bread was going to be buttered with baseball because like i was still so young like 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 physically because like you get these kids who are throwing a hundred plus innings in high school and college. I'm coming in. I'm just coming off basketball season. I'm not throwing in, I'm not throwing in fall games. I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing bullpens as much. So like the most innings I threw in a single college season was like maybe 35, 40 innings. So I was like, so like, and I, I guess that was kind of like a, uh, I guess like an attractive thing for like my, my, I guess selling point was like, okay, this guy, first off, like he's an athlete, I guess, which is kind of like they like a two sport athlete. And like his, his arm is like where he's 21, his arm is still 16, 17. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, and, and you want to talk about absolute freaks of nature, how like Amir and you, like Amir basketball wise, he was, I don't know if you've seen his mixtape, you probably have, but dude, like when him you know, and- Dude, him and Pat Connaughton, absolute – those guys blow me out of the water athletically. But, I mean, dude, absolute bunnies on both those guys. Yeah, Amir's fucking insane. <laughs> I like I Because I used to play Fortnite with him all the time, and he, he sent me a couple, like, hoop mixtapes and a couple things that he did. Like, he was fucked. Like, he was like a four-star, right, or three-star. It was insane what this guy was doing. And then he just steps onto the mound and throws, like, 96 from the left side. It's, it's so – the left side. Stupid. A motion just like Chapman too. That little yeah. rocking motion. And- yeah. No, Amir's a great dude, man. Such a good fucking guy, man. I, I love that guy. But and then I want. So you get drafted the 16th round by the Dodgers. So how hard was it for you to pretty much like kind of gas basketball, man? I mean, obviously you're a big basketball guy growing up. All that stuff you played since you were a kid. So was it like a? Did you like? Was it a hard decision for you to just completely shit can basketball like forever, pretty much like playing in competitively? So it was, it was a weird situation, uh, in like the day of the draft. Cause I mean, I mean, everyone can attest to this. Who's ever been like, you know, like in conversation to getting drafted, you're being told you're going to be taking this round. You're being told this, definitely this, this, this. And then like day one, day one, I wasn't going to be a first rounder. I kind of figured that day two was kind of like, okay, like this is where they said, then it's like day three, you're already turned off to it. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. Like I'm, I'm like, it was like the 11th round, 12th round, 13th round goes by. And I'm, I'm like, all right, well, 
at the time I was playing in the Cape, I was playing with the Born Braves. And I was like, okay, if I don't get picked until whatever, it's like, okay, I'm, I go back to school. I on a full scholarship. I'm playing division one basketball. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's cool. I'm in the Cape league. I'll finish up playing baseball in the Cape. And then, you know, I'll go back to school, do my summer sessions where like, you know, you do your preseason work, you take classes and you, you just hoop and you play basketball. And I remember talking to my dad about it and my dad was like, all right. So like, you just kind of like, you, you kind of assess the, the, the negative. I, I, I sound pretentious for saying that, but like you assess the negative when you think you're going to go in the fourth to sixth, the eighth round, you're like, okay, now it's like the 14th round, 15th round. My dad's like, all right. So like, like, what are you thinking? I'm like, go back to the Cape league and then go back and go back and play basketball. And he, my dad was like, listen to what you just said. You're going back to the Cape Cod league. You're going to play there. And then you're going to go play. And then you're going to go back to Wagner and continue playing division one basketball. Like how many people have uttered that sentence before in your life? Like in, in anything, like you have that option, like that's, that's perfect. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that situation. And then whatever happens, happens after that. So it's just kind of like, okay. And then like, by the time I shut the laptop, I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm going to do. I was, I was upset. Then like my name gets called the 16th round. I remember kind of being like, okay, Dodgers, obviously like an elite, like, like very, very prestigious, like organization. And I'm like, okay, like, that's pretty cool. But I was like, you know, like the, the amount of thought and conversation I had with my dad, it was kind of like, all right, well, let's sit on it. I talked to the area scout and like, um, we talked like signing bonus and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, like, like, let me sit on this. He was like, okay, we get it. Like, whatever. And then I remember, um, getting a call from my agent and he was like, uh, he was like, Hey, uh, make sure you're sitting by your phone. Like, uh, they got, they got, uh, there, there's a call that they want you to get. And I was like, okay, like whatever. And then like, I get a call from an unknown number. I was like, hello. It was somebody with the front office with the Dodgers. I forget who. And then they were like, we got somebody who wants to talk to you. I was like, all right, who, who could this be? And I remember hearing him say, Magic. And I hear Magic Johnson's voice on the other one. I was like, I was like, no shit. I was like, I was like, no. And Magic was like, Magic, Magic Johnson is literally in my ear on my phone. Oh my and God. I was like, I remember being like, I, I could I couldn't speak. I had no idea what I said. I remember just being talking to him and he was like, hey man, like just kind of just being like real, like just talking about like me playing hoop as well. And obviously like his background, I just wanted to talk to him about like playing basketball and stuff like that. <laughs> Mary Johnson. But like, yeah, he was kind of like, I don't know, just, just selling the org, which I already knew what the org had to offer. They're just, so they're like a, an elite organization. They've always been. And like, yeah, no, he got that call. I got to chop it up with magic for a little bit. And I remember being like, all right, well, and then like my kind of like my uh, approach kind of flipped. I was like, okay, well, I'm 21, this opportunity, you know, the clock could start now. And I was like, I'm 21, I'm, I'm mature enough. I, I did the prep school. I did, you know, two years of, cause I was eligible after my sophomore year. Cause yeah. I did that post-grad year, three years out of, out of high school. So I'm 21. I was like, look, I was like, I, I'm a professional baseball player right now. I was like, I, I, I know I can, I know I can play professional baseball right now. I know like, you know, the, the, the call from magic was, was sick. 
but then like just like hearing like hearing that and like just kind of like uh just like actually thinking about it again because that was kind of like a just like a shocking moment I remember being like all right well I'm 21 I was like I kind of know what it's going to be like if I were to sign at 22 because like I mean a year difference like signing is like uh, yeah you can lose a lot of money yeah you can lose you can lose money you can lose a little bit of like stock with like how they how they treat you how like it's just that that list goes on but I remember being like all right you know what I I just kind of wanted to get this thing underway because like I knew this was going to be where I'm going to end up and I remember uh talking to my uh basketball coaches and just kind of telling them like hey like this opportunity, like I'm healthy. I, I like, like obviously thanked him for everything, but like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sign with the Dodgers and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like, you know, they were super understanding. Cause I, I mean, they, like, again, they, they knew what they were getting with, you know, me as a dual sport guy. So like, they kind of yeah. knew this, 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 this opportunity was going to be on my plate eventually. So uh, yeah, no, they were uh, uh, Bashir Mason, and uh, Mike Babel were the two guys I talked to, the head coach and assistant coach. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's it, it, this, I got to take this opportunity. And they were happy for me. They were, they were ecstatic. And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of where the path went. True. No, that makes sense. I mean, and when you were in university, I'm assuming like you, like, like you said, I mean, you have such a high ceiling, a tall guy gets down the mound. I mean, definitely throws fucking Chad. So was was that like the biggest thing when you started throwing really hard? You're like, all right, like I, I might not be a basketball guy. Like I might not make I, like this is my. I have a better chance here with how hard that I throw in my projectability in baseball compared to what it's going to be in basketball. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like I started to see the writing on the wall when like it was my first outing. It was my first outing. This is like the months of February and March. I mean, Amir and. Pat Content can attest to this. Like when you're playing basketball and baseball, that's when they start to overlap, especially in college. Cause like um, got playing up like in the Northeast at Wagner, like guys make those West coast trips, those down South trips where the weather's nice and they get those February games. in. Yeah. I never went, I would never went to those cause I was still playing basketball, but like I'm playing catch like after basketball practice with our basketball manager, I'm playing catch into a net, like just to kind of like in my, in my sneakers, in my like practice uniform, like right after basketball, just to kind of like keep that. I'm like, obviously not doing enough, but like, that's all I could do at the time. But like, um, yeah. So it was just kind of like when I, when I realized like my first outing at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, I came in relief. It was my first college baseball outing. And I remember like, I, I threw hard in high school. It, I wasn't anything like mid to upper nineties, something like that. And, um, but I, I threw harder than everybody else. And then I remember I, I came in for like an inning or like an inning and a third. I closed out an inning and then I came in through one clean. And I remember coming back in the dugout and coach Caron came up to me. He was like, Hey man, welcome to college baseball. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then like the guys, the starters who were on the, uh, on the gun were like, dude, you're throwing 95 miles an hour. I was like, no fucking way. And I was like, I've met. And I was like, Oh shit. I remember being like, I remember everybody like was coming after me right there. Like, man, put the basketball down. You were throwing 95. Like, what are you doing? I remember just thinking like, Oh like, yeah, it's funny. But like, I remember thinking like, maybe they're kind of right. Like maybe like, 
I don't know. It was like, that was the time where I was like, where I really, I remember I called my dad after where I was like, dad, they said I was, they said I was throwing 95 and he was like, Oh, like that's never, you've never done that before. And, uh, it was just kind of like, I don't know, like everything kind of came together and I was like, all right, well, I've never thrown 95 again, like radar guns. They're not like they were nowadays, like where everyone's got them. Everybody's got the rap sodas and track man and stuff. And it was just kind of like, I don't really throw for a radar gun that much, but like this time where I got them everywhere and it's my first college outing. They're like, you were throwing 95. I was like, all right, well, that, that's another thing where I was like, my eyes opened a little bit. I was like, okay, this is like, I'm 6'10", throwing 95. Like, I, I, like I said, I was throwing into a net earlier. Like, I was throwing to a net. I was on the basketball court two days earlier, like, in New York, and I just flew to California by myself with my baseball stuff, and I get off, and I step on the mound. I'm throwing 95. I was like, all right. I mean, I feel like this kind of this is this is where it's at right here and I was kind of like, not that not that I was not that I was giving up on basketball because I mean I wasn't eligible for the draft that year I was like I'm still gonna go balls to the wall on baseball I'm gonna go balls to the wall on basketball and then whatever happens my draft year you know will happen so and it was just kind of like that was like another eye-opening no, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's definitely it's just a, it's a good problem to have is being nasty at two sports. Like I wasn't even good at one, but it just, it's definitely a power move to be good at both. But I, so when you get to the minor leagues, obviously being a guy that's living the D1 lifestyle, obviously you're on pretty sick planes, your travel, your everything accommodations are pretty well. And then you get to the minor leagues and you're absolutely fucking grinding, eating dog shit meals, staying in dog shit hotels. What was that like for you? I mean, to just even make that crazy, like that massive adjustment from D1 living the dream, dual sport athlete to eating like PB and J in a shitty clubhouse. Dude, look, that was my first thought process, but our farm director, Gabe Kapler was totally revamped our meals are like our living not not so much our living situation but like how we ate and like our like prioritized nutrition for like us athletes so like i got to pro ball and like i was in the azl first off i'm like okay this is it i'm in the azl it's 120 degrees outside i got a 17 year old dominican kid throwing 102 i'm like first off what am i doing here i'm not i'm, I'm <laughs> what am i doing and then like but like, yeah, like it, it was, it was definitely an adjustment because first off, I didn't have to worry about anything but baseball. And then it was kind of like, um, it was kind of like, uh, I was, hold on. I'm on a call right now. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I get to the, I get to the AZL and I was like, First off, seeing these guys throw absolute fuel, and I was like, I'm, I'm definitely out of my range right now. But, I mean, at the time, like, you're there. It's like, I got to get my boots. I got to dig in, and I, I just got to do my thing. Like, as soon as, I'm, as soon as I'm worried about somebody else, that I'm already, I'm already fucked. So, it's like yeah. – But, like, other, like, like you were saying, like, dog shit meals, like, they put us up in a hotel at that point, and other than, like, it being so hot and, like, nobody at those AZL games – it was like, okay, I'm here. I'm eating good food in the morning, in the afternoon, and after the game. So I was like, okay, this isn't all that bad. Then I'd come to find out, like, the Dodgers, like, uh, invested, like, millions in, like, nutrition across all levels. So, like, no matter where we go, from the AZL to AAA, if you go somewhere, say we're on the road to – I'm in Great Lakes, Michigan, playing for the Loons in Loway at the time. I go to Lake County 
to, to play the Indians at you know the Lake County Captains, the Dodgers have a catered meal service. So a guy Holy comes shit. in. So like the Dodgers literally just absolutely blew everything out of the water. And guys are like looking at me like I had ten heads when I say, "Yeah, I had a uh, chicken cordon bleu after the game today, and you know rice and like a good meal." And they were like, uh, "I had a, a bologna sandwich." Like so, like yeah. guys are like. And then, like, and now you can kind of start to see, like, the shift in minor league baseball. And I think the Dodgers – I know the Dodgers were the pioneers of, like, this is, like – this is absolutely ridiculous. First off, these minor leaguers get paid nothing. We feed them nothing. And we expect them to play every single day. Like, I mean, just kind of, like, with, like, just starting with, like, the meals and the travel and, like, where you stay. It's, like – it, it definitely affects who you are as an athlete. I mean, that's what you do every day. Like, like if I'm eating bologna sandwiches on white bread, like pregame and postgame, chances are my body's not going to pull up as well. So, like, you know, it starts with, like, you know, what you feel your body. With. And, like, that's what, yeah. that's what Kapler took pride in. I mean, if you look at him, he's carved out of stone. He's He, yeah, he takes his, his uh, physical health seriously, and he wanted to pass that along to all uh, everybody – Across the board, yeah, no. Gabe Kapler is a freak. I, I like he's a like he's such such a big part of the game of baseball, especially like with the way he shifted minor league baseball. But and then so in that double A year that I mentioned in the before the podcast or in the in the intro, I mean that All Star year you made the you make the All Star team as uh, Mike told me and who's pumping your tires. What was going right there that year for you? I mean, was like were, was your off speed pitches buzzing? Like what was like the what like were you just locked in the whole time? The best way to learn a language, immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, first off, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of my first few years in pro ball. It was my first year's lifting all winter and like just kind of like being engulfed in it just being like okay I, I was working out five days a week like doing everything correctly like throwing and stuff and I was just kind of like not like making myself like mentally like mental soup like thinking about it too much like like putting too much on me every year I, I was a starter at the time and it was like every five days I was like you have to do this. You have to go six innings. You have to do this. You can't. Yeah. And like once, like I would get, I'd be like, okay. You know, everybody who plays professional baseball is the stud on their college team, their high school team. You're not used to giving up four runs in four innings. You're not used to like getting absolutely your tits lit in the first inning 
you're only going two thirds. I was not used to that because I've always been above. I've, I've always been like, I wasn't used to like that failure. So it was like, dude, when I tell you it was start after start after start in that 2016 year, it was like, oh my God. I was like, I cannot put together a good a quality start. I could not do it. And I remember calling my dad and being like, look, I don't know if this is for me. Like, it was like that doubt. I was like, you know what? Like, my dad was like, look, you put all this work in the off season. Like, like, don't, don't just give up. Like, don't, don't give this up. Like you, you gotta, you gotta see it through. Like everybody goes through these ups and downs. You're just in the, you're just in the, in the Valley right now. So I was just having down years and then 2017 started the way the same way. And it was that point where I was in low A. And I got sent back to extended spring training as a healthy pitcher. When you're in extended spring training and you're with these the 17-year-old Dominicans and your boys who are there who are rehabbing elbows, obliques, whatever, they can't throw and you're throwing. I remember being like, look, uh, something's got to change. I like my care factor has to be out the window. Like I can't give a fuck out there. I know I know what lies within. Like I'm I'm me. Like what what does what like I'm a feeling sorry for myself in 2016 and like how my 2017 started off i was like you know what fuck it i'm going out there all i'm trying to do is just punch guys out and i you can ask mike adams too so i have a phone call to him every once in a while i was like dude i i can't care i cannot care to, like this game is driving me insane then like my 2017 year after like getting sent to extended it was like i started i got sent back to low a and then i had like a my outings from there on in low a in like 11 innings i had like 28 strikeouts no hits <laughs> and i remember just being like all right this is it i was like i don't give a f-. i was like i don't care i literally don't care i was like i've i've been booed off a low a mound in the i was booed off the mound one time going like an inning in the third i gave up like eight runs or something absolutely astronomical and in the home stadium they're booing me off the mountain walk out and i'm like holy oh, shit i was like where the fuck am i i was like what the <laughs> fuck? i was like what the fuck happened i was like i used to be the man what the hell is this about but like yeah no, like it, it's it's honestly true like you gotta see like rock bottom before like you see any sort of growth and like that was that was honestly what i needed like getting sent back and then like 2017 carried into 2018 and then 2019 it was just like everything started to click because, like, honestly, I was hanging out with – I was in Jersey at BPC with Mike Adams, like, fine-tuning, like, my slider, fine-tuning, like, my delivery. And then that's when, like, my fastball went from where I would be, like, 92, 95. My fastball went from, like, 95, 98. And then it was, like, all right, like, I can't be touched. I was, like, the care factor and, like, my confidence was just, like, they were, like, leaving. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm still, like – like. The, the combination between that rock bottom, like how I know I can throw, it's like, it's the recipe for like, it's what, it's what you need to move forward. And like that, that, yeah, like that year, that long story short, that 2019 year, I was just locked and it was just kind of like, everything was just kind of like, everything was working for me. And yeah, like the only thing you could control is what you did between the lines when you got called out to the mound. Cause I, I got moved to the bullpen, like after those atrocious years as a starter. And so like, being in the bullpen, it's like what, like what got you going was 
that phone call and it's like, all right, get along. And I'm like, all right. That's electric. It's, a, it's electric. And like you trick yourself. In, okay. From being a startup, I'm like, okay, I got a long toss. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to stretch like this at this time, at this time. In the bullpen, it's literally your rabid dog. And that phone call goes off and you're like, I don't, like tell them I'm ready. I don't even need warm ups. Like it's like, yeah, it's like, and you need two, two throws as hard as you can. And then you run out there and then you just go shove. It's like, how good can I be with as less as possible? And it's just yeah, kind of like, no. that's just kind of like how you got to be wired. Dude, honestly, and I, I've like always said this on the podcast. I legitimately think being like a bullpen guy is substantially more electric than being a starter. Like, because in a bullpen guy, you kind of have that element. Like when you were a kid, when you're like you're gonna play every single day or every other day. I like the element of just being in the bullpen. It's like your name gets called no matter what situation. I'm assuming those guy like you that throws gas, like you're close to that end back of the bullpen role where you're like setup guy, closer, all that kind of stuff. You have a specific role on that team. If the team's up one or two, it's like, I'm going in there to fucking shove. Like, I'm going in there to fucking put up a zero, get, get the team a hold, get a, get a win, whatever. I, if To me, being like that closing pitcher and just how electric that shit is, one inning, just show your best stuff, is substantially cooler than being a starter where you have six or seven stretch out innings where you have to kind of pace yourself. That one inning of you coming out the bullpen throwing fucking 98 for like 15 to 20 pitches is the best thing on the planet. Yeah, no doubt. And it's just like, it's just kind of like, your, your mental approach, like being like that guy who's like being catered to like, okay, I got my four days off. I can lift this day. I can do this this day. But, and like, I'm not taking anything away from starters. They're badasses as well. But like what my shift was, it had to be like, I was a starter my whole life. And then like you get thrown into the bullpen and then you watch, like you hang around guys who have only been bullpen guys. And they're like, I only need three throws. I'm like, you guys are fucking nuts. And then like, now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like you guys, like, it's that it's you just got to have a couple screws loose and at first to like get long up. All right. Tell them I'm ready right now. Like I, I haven't even stood up off the bench yet. True. No, it's just, I mean, and you're with an organization where it's like, they're not scared to fucking call guys up. I mean, you saw it with like Josiah Gray and all those guys, like young bucks just in the oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. And another guy, I don't know if you, so he came on the show, Zach McKinstry. Did, like, did you guys play together ever? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my guy. I mean, how cool was that to see like his, it's obviously he's been kind of struggling, but his success the start of the year, man. I mean, holy shit. I thought he was like a rookie of the year favorite. He was insane. Absolutely. I mean, and he, he's another guy who's like did not a first not a first rounder, just an absolute grinder. Like we played in low A, high A together, double A, and then like next thing you know, he's triple A in big leagues and he's like established. And you're just like it's like and and like guys like that, it's just like you can't be you, you can't be happy enough for him. Because it's like in like in like a system where it's like everybody's like kind of catered to certain guys and like certain guys don't get like light here or whatnot. Like Dodgers do a great job of like, you know, if you're having, if you're having a season, you, you're going like, like Zach McKinstry, like from central Michigan, get up there. Like you're playing second base for Los Angeles Dodgers. And he just goes out there and just, I mean, that's, it's, it, it, this, the list goes on and like, he's not the only guy that's like, that's been like that. So it's like, just a guy like that, you'd love to see him. Uh, yeah, no, he's a great dude, man. He's a great dude. I was I was pumped to see because I had him on in the offseason before spring training, and then he raked in spring training, made the team, and then had a great year. But I wanted to go into that injury. So when when did you get, like, because obviously you had the idea of the Tommy John and all that kind of stuff, and especially nowadays, right? I mean, it's such it, – it makes a substantial difference. Like, you see pitchers get, some, like, crazy, like, way better after the Tommy John. You're pretty much throwing the new arm, right? So, I mean – 
what what when did this happen like did you feel when did you like did you realize right off the rip it's like fuck man that's it for me like my arms right now is fucked so it was like again it's it's the it's the relief pitcher rabbit dog kind of mentality you have you're always going to throw through a little aches and pains and stuff everybody does basketball players football players if you're performing you gotta you just gotta get out there and i remember being at bpc like just fine-tuning everything, just, like, really doubling down on just, like, my my force, my production, like, as, as a thrower, as a pitcher. And I just kind of remember feeling, like, a little bit in my elbow, just being like, all right, like, this is, like, a, like a normal soreness. Because that's what it did feel like. I was throwing, like, pretty hard bullpens. Like, like I looked – I felt felt great, looked great. But, like, there was just that little thing in my, in my arm. And I was like, okay, like, I've, I've felt this before. It's going to go away, like – it's just my ramp up phase. I'm, I'm getting ready. At, at the time, I didn't even know, like after the COVID year, I didn't know if spring training was going to be on time. I didn't know. So like, I'm, I'm staying ready for almost nothing. Like it's, it, it was such a weird time. So like there could have been a, a, a mistake on throwing too much, not throwing enough. It, there's a difference between throwing in games, throwing hitters, and then just throwing up bullpens and on inside on turf. Like it, it was, I mean, the COVID year mixed with like that, it was just, it was, it was a mess. So like I'm at BBC, I'm, I'm feeling a little something in my arm and then like, but like still, still throwing great bullpens. Uh, like I, at the time I'm like, oh, it's, it's a little bit of soreness, but then like I get invited to big league camp, which was great. And I got out there early and like, I'm playing catch and whatnot. And like, like it's, it, it was the same. And then like start throwing bullpens, and, you know, the first bullpen felt okay. And like, I'm throwing bullpens on the mound next to Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. So Holy like, shit. It's like, it, and like, you know, I'm, a, I'm around those guys enough. Not like where I'm like, I'm not starstruck by these guys. Like I, 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 I'm in the same clubhouse as these guys. So it's like, but like you got Doc Roberts back there looking at you, like talking to you. It's just, it's just a different atmosphere from BPC. No offense, Mike, but um, it's just like, uh, you got those eyes on you. And you're like, all right, I got to do, I got to, I got to show them like, what I'm made of like I'm here for a reason and it's just like those bullpens like you get a little too amped up and just like with the with the whole like off season and the year before like your preparation was just not where what it used to be because there's no gyms no whatever and I remember just being like something's not right in my arm it, it just kind of like got worse and worse and, and like from there I was just kind of like tried to do the rehab process and then next thing you know I got an MRI and they're like yeah it's 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 you're going to need to have that UCL reconstruction, but like, instead of, instead of having to bore me, it's like, okay, like let's get this thing fixed. This, this is like, especially with the Dodgers medical staff, strength staff, and like just the history of this surgery. You, if you devote yourself, if you dedicate yourself to coming back, you're going to be fine. Like chances are the numbers are in your favor. So like, I'm uh, so like a, they, they set a date for the surgery, and from there, I was like, "All right, like I'm I'm dedicating myself to coming back even better than I was." Because like the 2020 COVID year and now 2021 back to back TJ. Right now, I would play baseball on the surface of the sun. I <laughs> could not I could not tell you how badly I want to throw a pitch to a hitter right now. It's sickening. So it's like it's it's just like kind of like. Okay, yeah, well, I could be like, all right, well, fuck, I didn't have a year of COVID. Oh, now I have TJ. Guess what? My boy, Mike Boyle, it's the exact same thing. COVID year, TJ. I can't feel bad for myself because there's probably 
10, 12 other guys, maybe even more, who's doing the same thing. So it's like you, you, you can't – once you crawl into your own head, you can't make yourself feel – you can't feel bad for yourself because guess what? The game's going to keep moving. And if you don't move with it, you're going to get lost. And then next thing you know, you, the jersey's taken from you. So how close are you to being, being able to, like, throw legit again? Well, I'm, I just, like um, – I'm working out right now. I'm, I'm starting to throw weight around. Like I said, my leash is kind of like I'm, – I'm starting to, like, throw weight around and stuff. I'm starting to, like, grip weights and, like, like do some, like, fun workouts now. So, like, that, that's good for my sanity. Um, but, like, playing catch starts probably within the next month or so, month and a half, and it's, like, training wheels. It's, like, playing catch 30 feet. Like, like I'm playing catch oh. like with a five-year-old. But you know what? All right now, chomping at the bit to toss a baseball like this again because it's just like when, when that's when that's what what fires you up. Like I said, you'll do anything to do it again. And like yeah, no, it, it's like the, it's especially with the fact that your arm. I mean, I mean, let's be real. Your arm probably feels fucking perfect right now. Like you could in your mind, you're probably like, I could throw ninety feet right now. I could hit ninety eight, right? Knock on wood. It's it's spooky how how. Especially after being like, just kind of like laying in bed, your elbows throbbing, and you're just waiting for it to get cut open and like get a new UCL in there. Like right now, it's like, it's like I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the process right now. Yeah, no, because I I mean we've had Forrest Whitley on the pod, and he just got like oh, yeah. surgery like that. He th- he's a guy that throws fucking gas. I think he just started throwing again a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he said he said he feels fucking great. Like I, I texted him, and he said it's like man. It's it's crazy the difference that it makes just that surgery and like throwing again. It's just, I it, it's it, it's looking how far like baseball has come and all that stuff. Like back in the day, like in the seventies, eighties, you 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 have Tommy John, like your arm, you're done. It's like you, yeah, yeah. And now it's like you're chilling. I, well, you're not chilling, but you're. It's, what, it's, what's the matter? It's it's anything but chilling to be honest. Like you're every every day. It's not just a rebuild of your UCL. It's a rebuild of your whole body because like okay, maybe my hips are a little tight. Maybe my, like, my scapular movement led to this. So it's like you're rebuilding yourself from the ground up. And it's just like, if you were to, like, I mean, if you commit to that and it's like everybody has this surgery, you see the success rate, you see you, you, you thrive to be, like, getting back out there and being like, holy shit, no longer back on the mound looking at him. He looks fucking great. And like, that's like – and that, it's like if you just – like I, like I can't throw, I can't do anything else. So like my list right now is, is what, is what I get up for in the morning. It's like, I, I, I thrive for that. And it's like, you, you just kind of, kind of put your head down and like, and do it. So it's like, I mean, if you, where you know, like, I mean, you know exactly what it takes. Like you can't like, okay, I got a new UCL. I'm just going to lay on the couch. I'm like, I'll be fine. And that, that's, that's not real. Well, like, yeah. So like it's the, it's the whole the, the the process of you know building your from your ankle mobility to your uh, everything. And it's just like it's it's a cool process to go through. Are they like talking to you and keeping like you in the loop where they see you once you get back and all that kind of stuff? Or like what's what's the like are the Dodgers even taught like communicating yeah, no, with you no, the no, areas? They communicate. They ask like how like how everything's going because like I, I'm still like on their programs on their like on their PT and stuff like that. I'm I'm just like. Because um, instead of, like, clogging up a spot in, like, the Arizona complex, they were like, okay, like, it's on the Dodgers' dime. Like, here you go. Like, 
contacted my agent. I was like, I'm staying out in Arizona. Like, like I want, I want the best, I want the best uh, place. And uh, Conti Sports Performance out here is, took me in. They were like, Yep, we we got pro guys like come in here all the time. Like we have like a long list of pro guys that come in here. We've had X amount of Tommy Johns. We've we've uh, rehabbed and like this is this is what they do. And and you know from there on, I was like, All right, like this is the place. And uh, right now everything is going great. It's uh, I I gotta respect you. It's a it's absolutely psychotic the fact that you're in Arizona right now. My buddies are in Vegas and it's 114 degrees there. Is that what it's like in AZ? Like how yeah, hot I mean, is it right now? I'm sitting in my car right now. I can flip the camera around right there. That says one. I mean, you're fucking psychopath. 101, dude. What the fuck are you doing, dude? But, but like, okay, I'm from I'm from Connecticut, and dude, I'm coming off I'm coming off TJ. I don't want my first throw off TJ to be in fucking. 30 degree weather are you fucking nuts? yeah in the snow like, dude, yeah dude are you kidding me like i'll i don't mind the heat man i don't mind the heat i'm still in a i'm still in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt i don't mind it man yeah, see nice. i fucking hate it like and you can attest to this right now in like the northeast area like obviously in, i'm in toronto but the like our area this is the perfect time it's not too hot it's not too cold it's that nice little fall weather I mean, this is just elite. And the fact that it's 101, like 115, I saw in Vegas, that is just pure psycho. It gets, it, gets it gets nutty out here. My sister just got married, and now I, took, so I took the weekend to go. She got married in Maryland, and I touched down. I walked outside. It was like 71. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, remember being like, I remember making fun of dudes who, like, I'm a cold-weather guy. I'm a Northeast guy. I take pride that, like, you know, like, you got that that Northeast mentality. And it's just like, I stepped out the plane. I was like, I had to check myself. I was like, the fu- like, what the fuck are you about to say? Is it cold? Uh, like, no, it's not. <laughs> but like when you, when you, when you take off in the plane and it's 113 degrees and you land somewhere that's 70, good Lord, that is a big difference. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, and you just feel like, I, I guess your body's kind of adjusted to it, but it's, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Especially I heard LA's actually, I heard LA's pretty hot as well. I don't know if you've, been there recently but i heard la is pretty bad just the whole area is fucking nightmare fuel i don't know how people live there it's insane but a couple more things so what are you allowed to do right now with tommy john like obviously you said you can work out like are you you're not i'm assuming you're not a golf guy or are you a golf guy well no i'm not a golf guy and even that like there is just a certain point like they have they have it all scheduled out because there's a lot of golf guys who obviously are baseball players and right now just that 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 movement on the on the new UCLA. I, if I were to go to like Top Golf or something, like I remember my a couple of my buddies who are out here are like, oh, let's go to Top Golf. I was like, no chance. Because if I if I pick up a club and I fucking you know swing and something happens, no chance. But uh, no, like I mean, you just I don't know, you find stuff to do. I mean, I'm, I'm not golfing. Like there's come to be a certain point where like. I'm, I'm waiting until, like, uh, my PT guys, my strength guys, I, I've asked them a couple times, like, when am I allowed to, like, shoot a basketball? And they're like, uh, give it, like, a little bit more because, I mean, this this motion on your elbow. Yeah. So I was like, all right, just, like, let me know when. I'll, like, I'm, I can't wait to shoot around. But, like, um, yeah, other than that, like, you just – yeah i guess that makes sense i mean it just yeah i know a lot of the guys especially they once they reach that point in the tommy john surgery where they can golf again they're just all in like that's all they do i guess because it's just you're pretty much rehabbing but you can start golfing all that kind of stuff but the last thing here i mean so and what's also really good about it if you're looking at it from the positive side 
you left such a good taste in like the Dodgers mouse, like before you got injured, you know, like that 2019 year, you have that really good ERA, that all-star year. So it's just like, they're probably chomping at the fucking bit, especially with, I guess, how many guys they need out of the bullpen and all their systems. Like bullpen guys are, it's so hard to find a good bullpen guy. So, I mean, what are, do you have specific goals you're looking into next year? I mean, are you going to be able to make it for spring training, like throwing wise and all that? Um, spring training is like, I think spring training is out of the out of the picture because like the throwing program, the throwing uh, progression, it takes it takes a while, and obviously you don't want to rush it. But like um, spring training, it's is a no go. But like from there on, it's like because I'm a, I'm a minor league free agent after this year. So like if the Dodgers want to sign me back, or like you know another organization wants to give me a shot, like I know it's a tough it's a tough approach with a guy who's like coming off TJ like. Um, like with signing a guy who's not going to be eligible for like a couple months, like till like maybe June or something, June, whatever the case may be, whatever I come back. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, my goal is just is to punch through and be a big leader. It's like, I mean, you know, I've, I've developed in the, in the, the great organization of the Dodgers. I've become the best pitcher I could possibly be with like their knowledge and their like, their like everything that they, they give to you, like, to, to use the resources that they have from coaching to the technology they have at every, to the nutrition, like we talked about, like I, I, I've felt like they've helped me mold myself into the best possible pitcher. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the story of, uh, of the minor leagues. If you like, I mean, fuck, I mean, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball for the last however many years. Yeah. Like if I can punch through with an organization that like needs an arm, to you know, eat up innings out of the bullpen that's somewhere else. Look, man, I'm 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 all ears, especially right now after being you know, like going to be a minor league free agent. Like, I uh, love the Dodgers; they've made me who I am. But like, it's like I'm I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to like my my goals. I'm like, and that's to, be, to pitch the big leagues. And yeah, no, it's, I mean it's a good, it's definitely a good outlook to have on it. But anyways, man, I mean it was pl- obviously it's a pleasure to have you on, and. uh it's just people listening. You want to talk about a guy like putting his balls on the table, hammering the interview in his car in 105 degrees and AZ, whatever the fuck it is. I got to go, go to my empty apartment. I got to get all my, all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was, getting, yeah, you know, I was like, I don't even have a chair to sit on yet. Let me do it in my car. Yeah. Now we have, yeah. Now I have to go to an empty apartment. Got to get the fuck. One of the worst things of all time is moving. So just an incredible thing to, to mix this in into your day, but I appreciate it, man. And obviously best of luck coming back from the surgery. Obviously, a guy that throws 98. So I'm expecting triple digits when you come back, whenever it is, five months down the road or whatever. Okay. But uh, anyways, man, thank you for coming on this, brother. I appreciate sure. it. Dude, this is awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Pod. Thank you.